to talk about the Twins and more things NBA. It's time to bring in somebody. Like I said, we need somebody who's smarter than I am. It is Brian Geisiger. Uh, you can find his work at BuzzBeat Podcast. Also, all over the ACC, your favorite ACC team's favorite website probably has something for Brian Geisinger writing about it. And one thing he specializes in is the NBA draft, that crossover from college guys to NBA. BG, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing well, Hayes. How about you guys? Uh, I'm doing great. And we've got so much to talk about. I might have to extend your time with us because we've got not only drafts to talk about, we've got trades to talk about. Um, we've got... It's a new era now, Brian Geisinger, where a couple years ago it'd be like, all right, most of these guys are college dudes that I know. Then there's some international guys that I've ever never seen play, may or may not have heard some about them, right? Now we've got, and, and I'm not, I say now, it's probably been going on a couple years, but just like with international, it creeps in. Now there's more and more of them, and they're getting drafted higher and higher. These guys that are coming from overtime elite uh, and and things like that where, and, and maybe it's it's, the people of their generation are following these people. They're just, they're not watching their games necessarily. They're following their, their trend on social media. But is it um, like for, for you example, we make fun of you for watching obscure college basketball games. Does your uh, draft prep now include like watching the whole overtime elite season to see some of these guys that are going as lottery picks? Yeah, for sure. In part, because I thought there was a good chance the Hornets were going to end up picking third or fourth. I mean, they were, they came into the, the, the night of the the lottery, they came in with the fourth best odds of getting their one overall pick. So they would have been right in the middle of Thompson twin territory. So I actually had a men Thompson uh, third on my board above Brandon Miller. Um, and I like Asar Thompson uh, a lot as well. So um, yeah, I've watched overtime elite. I've watched a lot of G league ignite, but that's like a three year trend now, you know, just because going back to, to Jalen green, um, two seasons ago, and then also, uh, or three seasons ago, and then also last year, you know, Dyson Daniels, Jaden Hardy, and, and this year, uh, Scoot Henderson, Leonard Miller, Mojave King, City Sissoko. So, like, yeah, you know, like college is definitely my focus, um, especially along uh, the ACC play and, and, and sort of like out, 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 like the entire country studying for the draft. Cause you also need to watch, you know, you got to watch smaller conferences, you got to watch. Brandon Pachemski at Santa Clara in the West Coast Conference too. If you want to like be up on on all of these guys, but yeah, that that prep now. If you're going to take the holistic approach, it does include watching Ignite. It does include finding international teams like Met ninety two with Victor Wembanyama and an uh, overtime elite. Luckily though, Hayes like these like overtime elite. Um, some of the you know G League like you can find their games like on you know sometimes it's on. Like when Lamella Ball was playing in Aus- in Australia, all those games were on Facebook. Yeah. You know, so you can find them on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, you can find them on sometimes on ESPN Plus. That's where a lot of like G League stuff uh, exists in terms of their like, uh, you know, uh, in terms of their in- basketball inventory. So you can find the stuff. It's just like, are you willing to kind of like commit the time to it? Yep. Uh, I might ask you some more philosophical questions about fandom and players and their track to the NBA a little bit later. Let's break down specifically um, the draft and let's start with the local team for us, the Charlotte Hornets. Everyone was mad. Everyone says Charlotte got it wrong. <laughs> Scoot Henderson is supposed to be the slam dunk. I don't think anything otherwise, but to, just to play devil's advocate, 
Brandon Miller is like a really good player, and we also don't know like what it's going to look like in five years, right? Like, is it is it that easy to say the Hornets definitely got it wrong just based on the pick? Yeah. It's tough because, like, the draft is – it's inexact, and we don't know anything for certain. I'm fairly confident, it's maybe how I would frame it, that they that they got it wrong by passing up on Scoot Henderson. Okay. And had that – I think you, you build – you're going to build offenses around. I think with his speed, his athleticism, the mid-range shooting, is someone that's constantly putting pressure on the defense, and it's going to be a player that can, um, you know, be an all-star and be someone that NBA teams – build top 10 offenses around for the next decade plus um i like but but to your point though i do like brandon miller as a prospect um and i did have like a top four top five grade on him for this draft this is not like the warriors taking james wiseman second overall in 2022 right like i i I, like miller is a, a a better prospect that year i had Wiseman like back end of the uh, uh, back end of the lottery. Um, Miller is you know comes in at twenty has the like and there is like a projectable archetype for him like as like the jumbo big wing um, you know gravity bending movement shooter that you can also run some pick and roll. I'm sort of like a little less uh, wowed by the handle and the passing flashes that he showed at at, at Alabama this past season. But, I mean, he is one of the best three-point shooters in the class. He can shoot off movement. And there are some, you know, dribble handoff, pick-and-roll, playmaking chops there as well. So, yeah, like, it, it's just an, it's an okay pick. Um, but I, I do think they missed out on Scoot pretty badly. But, like, if they had the third pick and they took Brandon Miller, you would say they got it right? I still probably would have had a men Thompson okay. above Brandon Miller. Uh, I know people were sort of seeing this as a three-player class, but I just think Thompson's um, athleticism uh, would, would give would give him like the, the slight edge for me over over Miller, who again I, I think is is quite good as a prospect, and and I and I do certainly see the role for him as like tall wing shooter who might be able to run pick and rolls for you one day. It can guard a, a couple of positions and do some stuff as a, as a team defender. Um, so yeah. And ultimately though, to your, to your point though, Hayes, like I think the Hornets did well late in the first round um, and early in the second round. So like if they had come into the night with a third pick and they had taken Brandon Miller and, and not had the opportunity to pass up on scoot. And then they had had, if the draft night had played out the exact same way, I would have said, um, you know they had a, they had a good draft night, and instead you pass up on Scoot and probably the two biggest like viral videos from last night. Not like this should be sort of like any real indicator <laughs> of draft night success, no, I like but it. absolutely I'll... outside of outside of Grady Dick the, in where being dressed like you know BJ from the Righteous <laughs> Gemstones, like the the biggest viral videos from last night were Mitch Kupchak's press conference. Oh my gosh! And in the Hornets mascot uh, looking like me after it was announced that the uh, that the Hornets had drafted Brandon Miller, uh, and literally the. The, the video of the mascot putting his head in his hands inside of Spectrum Center is uh, a sight to see. Well, also, doesn't it just feel like, you know, sometimes when, you know, if the if the if the Browns have a big playoff game and you're like, I'm I don't think the Browns are going to win. And you're like, why? You're like, well, just because it's the Browns, man. That's just the, the vibe I'm giving up. Like because it's the Hornets making the, the pick against the player that everybody says is great? Like, doesn't it feel just locked in that Scoot Henderson is yeah. now going to be an all-time great, maybe even better than Victor? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be better than Victor. <laughs> but yes, like, I, I do feel like Scoot was already on, like, 
the all-star all NBA route. And you could probably, you know, get him fitted uh, for a jacket into the, uh, the Naismith hall of fame uh, at this point too. Go ahead and get that ready. I didn't see this happen live. Cause like we were doing some stuff and recording and we had kind of had like a live, you know, draft show going on, yep. but I was informed by uh, a former sports channel, eight listener and a, and a Busby podcast listener that scoots face uh, after Brandon Miller was selected as the number two overall pick, uh, did, Scoot didn't look exactly pleased. So, so he's gonna yeah, like he's would, gonna like drop forty five every time he plays Charlotte. Like he's it, gonna average forty five against him. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. And like I kind of, I mean, I'm pulling for all of these, all of the guys, right? Like I want everyone to be good. And sure. I hope I'm wrong. Like I hope I'm wrong about Brandon Miller. Like I hope. I have missed something in the eval like for the for the Hornets to for this to work out well. I hope I've like missed something in my evaluation process in my evaluation process with him that 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 he turns into a better player than I think he's going to be. Like there is some superstar actual potential with him, um, but like I, there is part of me that also kind of hopes that just like Scoot just goes on to have truly like an all time career and also just detonates on the Hornets every time. Uh, he get crosses paths with them. Uh, Brian Geisger joining us. Follow him on Twitter at B Guys Bird. Uh, can we play the Mitch Cupcheck audio, Victoria? <laughs> it's in there because uh, he referenced it. We haven't quite had a chance to play it yet. It is just a like you go into the night knowing who you're going to pick, right? So you know you're going to get asked, "Why did you pick this guy?" And Mitch Cupcheck, the hopefully and surely outgoing general manager of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, has this is this is his brilliant answer? Hold on, we're looking for it. We'll give I'll give it to you in just a second. It's but it's just amazing. Do you see well, it? It's you, just uh, it's you sound just, like Mitch Kupchak filibustering right now. Uh, trying to get the uh, the video ready here. Sorry, it's it's just above the uh, this man speaks for all Hornets fans audio. All right, because <laughs> that guy was great too. That was a Hornets fan at the game. I don't, all right, here we go with Mitch Kupchak. Well, everything that we, you know, every answer they got, we got to every every question. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, he he is a freshman, right? So, you know, he's a little bit, you know, I would say younger than. Um, excuse me, I wouldn't say younger. Nah, I bet not even go go in that direction. Actually, I'll just back off. What? Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. It's not. It's not great. What it's not was really, that? It's not great. It's I would feel inspiring. better, BG, if he came out this morning and said, "Hey, uh, it was a long night. We had our picks in, and I started. I had like four beers, and I, I should have just had two beers. Like I, I would. Th that was just the, the most bumbling, incoherent thing. He like contradicted slash corrected himself on two different times, and still failed to make any point at all. And the question, I'm pretty sure, was just, "How did you guys decide to go with Brandon Miller, the number two pick?" Yeah, it's a real hard question to answer. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just it's not it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. It doesn't come across as like a, you know, like a real professional response in that situation. And, it, you know, I, I do want to be like, I, it's probably worth noting, like Mitch Kupchak, like while he has some strengths as a as a in executive at basketball and I, I think has done some good team building things through the draft has made some good picks during his five years with the Hornets, um, you know, like the, sometimes in press conferences, he's not like the best. Gotcha. But this was probably sort of like one of, uh, 
uh, probably one of his like rougher answers and just like given the moment and the spotlight of the draft and passing up on Scoot, like all eyes were, uh, were obviously going to be on it. It's one of those things. It's like, you do want to be like, I guess a little empathetic. Like it was a long day. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's been a, it's been a long few weeks and like, like I'm not giving, I'm not trying to like give cover or whatever, like, excuse me, like that's not good enough. And that's not really what you want to see after your team uh, drafts someone number two overall. But, you know, it had been a long day and whatever. The the one other thing I would say, like the other place my mind went to was because you can hear in that answer, he starts to say, like when he says Brandon Miller was a freshman, which is true, Brandon Miller was a freshman at Alabama this past season. But he starts to say, like, he's younger, that part of the clip, like – if he's comparing Brandon Miller to Scoot, Scoot is a year and a half younger than than Brandon Miller. So it was like he was about to say something on that, then backtracked, and then just kind of got lost in the middle of the sentence and yeah. had no place to go. Um, and look, I, the one other thing you could probably go to here is like, you know, last week Michael Jordan agrees to to sell uh, his his majority stake uh, in the Hornets to two of the team's minority owners. And, but, but part of the the process with that is that he would stay on and like help oversee the draft along with his handpicked general manager, Mitch Kupchak, his handpicked assistant general manager and Buzz Peterson. And I mean, let's not forget the, uh, the VP of player personnel for the Hornets is also his Michael Jordan's brother. So like, you know, like it's just, it, so it's one of those things where like, um, it's tough because is it like too many cooks in the kitchen or did like ultimately did someone above Mitch Kupchak and the only person who would have that authority, I guess, would either be like the outgoing owner or the in the incoming owners. And like that's, that's a unique that's a unique scenario. Yeah. J. Cole made, picked J. Brandon Cole. Miller. Yeah, they're no. going to give uh, the Martin Twins a, a max contract <laughs> next offseason. Uh, but yeah, so like it's just it, not not probably not what you want. Although ultimately, like after that press conference, like, you know, Mitch Kupchak did, re, you know, he did rebound and like they, they had a, the rest of the draft night, I think was, was pretty solid, like sort of, uh, you know, viral videos, notwithstanding. Uh, helping me break down the draft and other NBA news uh, from around here is Brian Geisiger. Follow him on Twitter at bguys underscore bird. Check out his work at the BuzzBeat podcast. Or for your favorite ACC team's favorite website, he probably writes for them. Um, does Victor Wembanyama easily make? Uh, does, is he great next year? Like, can he step in and be amazing in his first year? Yeah, I think he's going to be really good next season. Um, I mean, he'll still be scratching the surface, but yeah, I think he's going to, in part because he just has stuff that like translates, you know, naturally. Like, obviously, he's going to have to, you know, probably change up the shot selection with what it's been with Bent ninety two, but he can shoot threes. Um, he's obviously he can guard, pick and roll in a couple of different ways. He can protect the rim. Um, and he's a really good finisher, uh, around the basket. And obviously with that size, like he's pretty special and like for whatever it's worth, like the Spurs have some, have some stuff. Like he's not going to be playing They're They're not going to be very good. I don't think they're going to be young, but it's not like he's going to be playing with like, uh, like he's the only good young player on this roster. Like there's some good pieces in San Antonio, Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Malachi Branham, Jeremy Sohan. So like, yeah, I, I think like stuff is in place for him to have, um, 
you know, a rookie of the year caliber season and be a top, you know, whatever player in the NBA. But yeah, I think he'll be good next season from the get go. Two Duke players drafted in the first round. Uh, who got the better land? I, taking out the, the fact that, in theory, everyone wants to be drafted higher because you make more money. But just in terms of team and fit, uh, what do you like better, Derek Lively with the Mavs or Derek Whitehead with the Nets? Yeah, I like Lively with with the Mavs. Like they they really went with their draft picks. You could tell they focused on defense and length, and so Lively is a really nice pick for them. Um, at uh, at 12 and just a guy that's going to be happy to set a million screens per game for Luka Doncic like he doesn't need the you know the Dwight Howard half dozen post-up touches to get him working hard on the glass and setting hard screens and stuff like he just he you put him on the court and like he gets the ball popping around offensively because he can pass a little bit he crashes he dives and he screens hard and then defensively like I mean, Hayes, you probably watched a lot of Lively this past season at Duke, like the, especially the back half of the year. I mean, he was like arguably the best defensive player in the country. He can guard pick and roll in every which way, up at the level, hard hedge, switch against out onto ones and twos. He can drop. Like he'll have to get stronger. But his ground coverage, his communication, all of that is just so, so good defensively. Like I got to see him up close at Cameron a lot this season. And um, he is a guy that, like, I think definitely really, like, takes ownership of the defense when he's, like, the backline rim protector and the guy that's got to call out screen coverages and stuff. Um, and for, but I, I also think Derek Whitehead landed in a, in a decent spot in Brooklyn. Like, no pressure to play right away. Um, in fact, I think they already came out and said that uh, Whitehead won't play in, in summer league as he continues to recover. The, the Brooklyn Nets team doctor is also the doctor that performed – uh, surgery on Whitehead. Yeah. So I, I thought that was funny. It was yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a kind of amazing. Yeah. So um, ultimately, yeah, I think it, it like both guys landed in in good spots. And you know, Whitehead's there's a lot of wings on that roster. Um, but I do think over the next you know season or two, uh, Brooklyn's going to trade off some of those guys. You know, whether it's you know uh, uh, Michael Bridges or Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, they could bring sign Cam Johnson. I imagine they'll, they'll do that this offseason as well. But eventually, like, I think he'll be part of some young team's core. And just the main thing with him is just, like, try to get healthy because he's a really talented young player. And then Terquakely and Smith, uh, I think you expected him to be drafted. I know a lot of people did. Um, and I may, did he? I don't know if he has signed with anybody yet. I know those announcements come in a flurry. Um, was it a, a shock that he wasn't drafted or just mildly surprising i was pretty i mean i would stop maybe short of shock but <laughs> yeah i would say it was pretty surprising um and yeah he did i believe it was a two-way contract uh with this with the 76ers um philadelphia's uh like scouting department in front office actually did a pretty good job to get some to get some unsigned or pardon me undrafted players like as soon as the draft was ending um you know it's one of those things where like I, i'm sure it stinks for for Tequavion, like I think he should have been drafted. I think he was, you know, a top 30 prospect in this draft, you know, maybe at worst a, a top 45 prospect, but, but Hayes, I can't remember if I was talking about this with you uh, on here recently, or maybe it was gold actually, but just sort of like, you know, if it, obviously you probably want to be drafted, but if you are going to go undrafted, you at least have like a little more agency, yep. like where you're going to go, right? Like you know, your agent can can try to find a good spot for you and find an find a find a better opportunity as opposed to you know some team one of the thirty teams picking you and then 
controlling your, uh, your your draft rights and yep. being able to move those around in any which way. So um, it stinks. Like, you know, Terquavion probably would have been a top 25, 30 pick a year ago. Um, I thought he showed good growth as like a pick and roll passer and decision maker this season. Um, I know he went through a really tough cold spell to end the year shooting wise um, in, an, in an offense that was really relying on him to shoot a lot of tough shots off the dribble from the mid range or from three. I still think he's got, I think he had one of the best handles in this class. I, you know, some of the best deep shooting range, but I also understand he's a, you know, he's 170 pounds and he, he does, he's not a great defender. Um, and he was sort of like inefficient as like a shooter from this season. So I, I get some of the knocks. I just think as like a creation bet, um, there's still upside there with, with Smith that would have appealed to uh, one of the teams. Brian, guys, you're joining us breaking down the NBA draft lottery. All right, final question because it was uh, the other big news right before the draft. Chris Paul got moved to the Wizards. Most people thought he the final landing spot would be somewhere else, but I heard most people saying possibly the Clippers. I did not hear many people saying Warriors until it happened. Forget the whole Jordan Poole side of things. Uh, who benefits more from this? Chris Paul, who gets a very legitimate shot at a ring, or the Warriors, who get a experienced and great point guard who um, maybe knows what, what his role is in his 18th season? Uh, who benefits more in this move? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of worked out for all parties, including Washington. If I had to pick one, um, I would say, you know, guy like Chris, because he gets out of a you know rebuilding situation in Washington and he gets to live in a cool city close to his family that's in California and play for a team that has, you know, title aspirations. Um, but I do think it works for, for Golden State, too. I, I think Chris is a bit of a strange fit in the offense. You know, Golden State, they still run plenty of pick and roll uh, with Steph Curry. But, you know, their their thing has been off-ball motion, split cuts, split action, like all of the, you know, the weird handoff, fun handoff stuff they do with Draymond Green and Steph Curry. And that's never quite been Chris Chris's game. Like, uh, he's an offensive genius for sure, but he's a little bit more methodical, pound the ball, you know, get a good shot, run pick and roll, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll be curious to see how he fits in there, but – I think there's a lot of really smart and talented veteran players and in this coaching staff with Steve Kerr leading it. That's also quite talented that like, I think assuming they bring Draymond green back, which would be my guess that they'll do that. Yep. Golden state wanted another ball handler because Jordan pool, you know, he needed to change the scenery and he really, really struggled for them in the playoffs this year. They, they needed someone that could take some of the playmaking load away from Steph and Draymond and some of the ball handling away from, uh, from Steph. And, and now you're looking at, you know, Golden State being able to have a, a top six of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, Chris Paul. Um, you know, Chris probably doesn't have to play every game next season. He can play fewer minutes per game. And I do think he could look really good in a role next to Steph Curry. I, I don't, in the, in the gravity that Steph has, I, this is, this move is a little, it's, it's not the one I saw for sure. Like I thought he made, a, Chris made a little bit more sense in Miami or Milwaukee or Boston or, or heck if, uh, if if he got bought out by the Wizards maybe he I thought it would be cool if he would just sign with Denver and be a Jamal Murray's you know, <laughs> backup and be the be the sixth man to play next to Jokic I thought that would have been pretty cool but this was on my radar I just didn't think it was super duper likely just because they had the pool contract yeah. um it seemed like that was a, a way for Golden State to 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 get off one get off of some of Pool's long term money 
and and also bring in a big salary player like Chris Paul, which is you know sort of exactly what happened here. And then they did the Warriors did they drafted well last night too, getting Brandon Pachemski uh, from Santa Clara is a really good you know guard that can really pass and shoot, and then getting Trace Jackson Davis. Um, who's basically like the Big Ten's version of Armando Baycott at Indiana, uh, but who is really strong, really physical, and, and can pass, and you know maybe do sort of like the try to do some of the the diet Draymond Green kind of stuff um, in the front court room for them. Brian Geisinger, follow him on Twitter at bgeis underscore bird. Check out his analysis of the Hornets and other NBA stuff, Buzzbeat Radio, um, and check out his college hoops work at your favorite ACC team's favorite website. I keep saying it because basically he writes for so many teams, I can't list them all. BG, have you been to the beach yet this year? Uh, I have not. Unfortunately, no, I've not been to the beach yet this year. It's a bummer. At some point this summer, I'll get there. Though. All right, you got to get down there. Uh, thanks, as always, for the time. And uh, it's summer season, which means it's fill-in guest radio season, which means <laughs> there's a decent chance you might get another call from me, my man. I appreciate you breaking down, as always. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Victoria predicted that this was good, that I was going to show up on. She's here smart. Today, so. She is smart. She's so. good at her job. But yeah, y'all have a good weekend. Okay. See you, man.